I had hello. Oh, ah, sorry. Go no. Oh, uh, hi. We're... What? Huh? Hi. Huh? Oh, well. <laughs> Welcome to release. I'm high on birthday cake. Are you? Yeah, I made myself a birthday cake. Oh yeah, it was just Paul's birthday, uh-huh. so we're treating him to an episode about the lovely departed Monica Vitti and her director, collaborator, partner, Michelangelo Antonioni. Antonioni. Yeah, either I, whatever one, either or. I know, I felt, I looked up a lot of pronunciations and I felt real stupid, but then there's always the American way to say it, so that's that's what we're going with yeah. today. In America, it's pronounced hot dog. Hot dog. Hot dog Yoni. <laughs> yeah. And do- Monica. Monica. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't know So what know did you that. think? Oh, I mean, I didn't know how much I loved both of them. Because oh I had God. only seen Blow Up because that's what mm. everybody who was like cool when I was 17 in the 90s was watching. Yeah. was Blow Up, you know? So I well, had... that's... No, I mean, yeah, it's fine. But like, uh, it really just sort of lays that groundwork for what, you know, it's a good base. It's a good place to start. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, it's in English. Yep. You know, it's hip. It's mod. It's very 60s. It's very fashion forward. But it's like. Yeah, there's a lot to work with. Yeah. So then, you know, going back and watching all the real stuff that was great yeah yeah so what did you watch i watched la note Mm -hmm. uh and i watched uh la aventura Mm -hmm. and i watched red desert hell yeah it was great yeah that was his first color film i mean all of them were great I yeah. couldn't I couldn't stand any of them. They were so good, if that makes sense. I have this new thing where it's like uh, there's these like if I if there's something that is like so good, I just have this urge to like grab my glasses off my face, crack them in <laughs> half and throw them across the room <laughs> or like jump well, off a building. Is... I'm like, like that how was do you so get so good? good? Yeah. And like all of them. Yes. Consistent. This motherfucker is consistent. Yeah. And I watched something. I watched a documentary, Antonioni Documents and Something. Let me find it. Um, And uh, Godard talks in it. And I think he felt like similarly crazy about just like the sheer consistency of Antonioni's work. Like, like how? Because it's like his body of work isn't so huge. And it all just like hits. Like his very early work, which I've seen, La Miche, La, La Amiche, uh-huh. The Girlfriends. Okay. And that one's good, and you can see him start to like get into this flow, but it's certainly not a La Ventura level success yeah. as far as like filmmaking. Yeah. But it's like, it's still like bash your brains out, fucking masterpiece. Like, how? <laughs> how are your instincts so fucking good? Yeah. And, with that like level of consistency how 
are you also at the same time so broad? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I was not like, oh, I'm watching the same movie. I was like, holy yeah. fuck, I am back on this planet. This, like, Antonioni planet. Yeah. Which is what he does. Yeah. He creates these, like, full-blown worlds in which yep. you get to walk around and, like, follow people and not talk. Yeah. It's so oh, I good. Love that. It's so good. Just everybody just shut up and just <laughs> walk around. Yeah. Just in life and in movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's yeah. the way I write. I write characters. I mean, I'm not, I haven't been doing a lot of writing lately, but like when I write characters, I don't have a ton of dialogue. Yeah. They just well, sit with I... those people because I like them. Yeah. Yeah. No, we sit with these people. Like some of these takes are long as shit. And also some of these scenes are super long. And it's like, but you're learning so much in the space in between. Yeah. And it's like you like can relish the moments. And like I haven't seen one of his scripts, but I read that they're more like notes than anything. Like there's a lot of improvisation. And that's like yeah, he struck gold with Monica Vitti because I feel like she was so good at that in a way that like even the actors in his films, like they're not all as good at that as she is. Yeah. Like she's so comfortable in the in-between. And she talks about in some like featurette, it's like her talking in the 80s, which she like went on to have this whole comedy career post Antonioni. Which kinda, like, I really want to see. I've seen some of it. Okay. And it's like I, she is really funny and I enjoy it. Those films just aren't necessarily like my bag. Sure. But it's like I'll watch her do anything. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Like, she's magnetic like beyond but she was saying like he would just like leave the camera rolling and she said as an actress kind of what happens in that moment is you're like what did i do wrong like you're like kind of like mulling it all over but he's catching that so you're like still in character but you're also like a little bit vulnerable insecure like okay the camera's still rolling but i don't have like a thing to do now yeah and so you're like catching some of that like residual shit that like normally if you just like cut you wouldn't get all that like kinetic like just in the air like whatever mm -hmm. the fuck is happening wouldn't be captured like through the camera yeah. so just like his instinct to be like okay i'm just gonna like keep this yeah going. it's like yeah like like instead of yelling cut at the at what would be the end of the scene it's almost like just letting the scene like sit on top of her mm -hmm. yeah. yeah that's crazy all of it just sort of like hit the wall you know yeah. like Whatever, whatever impact's gonna be made. And like, I also noticed there's like a scene in Laclise, like at the beginning, that scene. Did you watch Laclise? I didn't watch that one. Okay. There's a scene where like she's with her lover. We don't really know what their thing is, what their dynamic is, but like you're seeing like them post fight. And you don't get to see the fight. You get to, you open on like them in their apartment, like, dealing with those moments after you've had like maybe you've said way like way too much you know you've hurt yeah. each other it's like after that which like we all know that moment and it's like Ugh. like 
like brutal and yeah. you're like figuring out like now what do we do it's like okay one of us is gonna leave <laughs> because God, whatever i have so but much you're still in anger that feeling oh my god it's it's like trauma do i even dare do i even care i wish that yeah. my dating life were as like romantic as all of this but it is right like this feels so real all of the shit feels I mean, it's so elegant and beautiful, but it's like feels very relatable. Like, yeah, for sure. He's looking at lots of the in-between spaces. That's why I think it's interesting. He doesn't show the like fall down, drag out fight right. and all the things. He doesn't need to do that. But like during those moments, he's doing these beautiful like it feels very orchestrated where like the camera's panning and like you see like the back of her neck, but then like it pans all the way over to a mirror. So then you see her looking at herself in the mirror. Like first the camera looks at her in the mirror and then she looks at herself in the mirror and the camera's also observing that. Right. But like, he's not afraid to like show the backs of people in a way that I find very interesting. Like he's using everything. It's like, it, it does feel sort of realistic in yeah. that way. Because it's like, we're not just like, it's not a staged play where like both actors are like framed so that they're like facing us. Like he's not scared to like put a camera behind her fucking head. Right. And like have the action play out in front of her. And I, in that interview, she says that he discovered her. So she came in to do some sound over like a sound over. What am I saying? Voiceover. Uh-huh. for a movie of his and he saw the nape of her neck and he was like you should be an actress and she's like you got all that from like the back of my head yeah and then they were like off to the races then it was Lon Ventura then it's Lenote mm-hmm. in so like the years are for context I think it's 60 was La Ventura 61 is Lenote and 62 is Laclise, like all right in a row. Yeah. And then The Red Desert two years later, which is like his first color film. And like, I mean, I feel like it's groundbreaking for like use of color. Yeah. And he's a painter, so it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, he does. Yeah. I mean, like I said, he creates these planets, you know, yeah. like that island is a planet. Mm-hmm. The party in La Note, that is a planet. Oh, I love that party. It's such a crazy party. So sexy. And then Red Desert is like ugh, ugh. the ultimate planet that is just like full of like toxic waste and totally. clouds of garbage and gigantic boats. And that movie is nuts. Nuts. And he like loves like modern world shit and i feel like that's when he really gets to show like all yeah. the like, urban he romanticizes garbage in the same way that i romanticize garbage and human trash yeah i like totally romanticize human trash i just want to keep talking about how humans are trash i mean <laughs> true it's true um well they uh in the documentary they talked like so in la Ventura, i mean he would like like there's like a moment where she goes into that storefront that she rents and like there's like partially painted wall but it's like so perfect how like it's so like cool the way like the color palette is like perfect but it's like supposed to look like someone just like is testing out a color yeah or whatever totally and then there's like a fruit stand with like gray all the fruit is painted gray and they talked about the process for deciding gray and then getting like the perfect whoa 
crazy. shade of gray. And I'm just like, I love it. And like one of his, I think it's his producer. Like he had this like scrappy producer from the beginning who just like didn't know if he would be able to have the movie, like the money come through. But then like at the last minute, always it would work out or whatever. Yeah. And I think he's the one that says like, Antonioni is like a great friend and he'll like totally go to dinner with you and have like, he'll care about what's happening with you and women and your finances and whatever shit. But then like once he's in movie mode, it's like, there's no friends. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, okay. Like, because he's like one of, I always feel like every director is a douche. Yeah. In real life. And it seems like he's actually like a really lovely person, but like movie mode is different well movie mode it's is work grapefruit yeah movie mode is grapefruit movie mode is focus mm-hmm. movie mode is i'm creating something right now this yeah. is not about socializing fuck with me yeah like don't get in my way but also yeah you know i'm good afterwards and like they remained friends so like he and monica vidi i think as soon as they began like a creative relationship they also be came romantic and she talks about how like for her it was like perfect because um like she loves like planning and plotting with like your lover all day she's like a relationship's not satisfying to me unless like you're just like in it all the time so she was like it wasn't like tiresome to me to like just talk endlessly about these films that we were making yeah and like so much of it was inspired like they must have been romantic pretty early on because I know La Ventura, they, it came out of like, they got into a fight and she like disappeared while they were on vacation with some other couples. Uh-huh. And the whole idea for La Ventura came out of that where he was like, what if you didn't come back? Kind of, yeah, you know, like, yeah. And that like all became, but that's all they talked about. And they're, in the documentary, they also, um, it was like a super rugged to shoot there. Like they were yeah. stuck on that island for like more than a day without food because it would get so treacherous in the water that like the ship, like the boat that had their food on it had to leave and they couldn't leave on the boats that they had. Oh, so crazy. they were like really as like rugged. Yeah. Which, you know, the harder, the better for me. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> if a PA doesn't get his foot run over, I mean, you're not working. You're not working. You're not you're you're not earning that fucking paycheck. Yeah, I like like when it's so it's not slick and easy, it's like yeah. blood, sweat, and tears. Well, I love her as the supporting role in La Note. I know, I thought that was cool. Like I wonder how that came to be. I wonder if it's because she was like so involved in like making these movies. Anyway, I think it just makes maybe it would more be interesting. sense. Yeah. You know, I think that that casting made more sense against, what is her name? Jean, Mor- Jean, how do you say her name? Moriel. Yeah, Moreau. Is that how you say it? I'm I don't like know. the worst. I loved I didn't look the way, I loved her gait. I loved the way she walked. Uh, she's another one that just fucking I know. Me. And that movie, I think, I don't know. God, it's I can't even say which one is my favorite. I do own them all now, by the way. Hell yeah. I don't have a copy of La Note, but I have a bunch. Just came into some pay dirt at work with some criteria and stuff. 
Hell yeah. Yeah. Actually, I saw La Ventura for the first... I La Ventura is the first one that I saw, and I saw it because um, The Loft in Tucson uh, did... It was one of their essential cinema, how yeah. they do those free screenings. Which of, like, is so cinema. fucking good. Yeah, it's like ever. one one day a week for a month. It's like one theme, and you see mm-hmm. f- a free movie. Free, yeah. free, one hundo free. Incredible. Like, and they, I saw they, it, and I was yeah. just like sprung. I was like, "Holy shit! I need to see everything." Yeah. What so else good. did they show? Do you remember? I, they didn't show any other Antonioni ones. I don't remember what oh, the I theme see. was. Okay. But I like went and rented from Casa. Yeah. Like all the. Yeah. Like I I saw La Note. Actually, I saw La Note in the theaters in New York when I was visiting. Uh-huh. Not long after that, I think people like got really into Antonioni, and I saw um. Uh, one of these like dudes that does programming at. Uh, a, not a theater here in New York, but like one of these cultural programs. I forget which one. He like sort of claimed, like, oh, I started showing Antonioni movies, and like now everyone shows that. I'm so glad that like I, he's getting seen again. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, giving yourself so much credit. Yeah, but totally. like, I do think it was, yeah, I do think that it was maybe like in the, you know, 2000, this would have been like, I don't know, 2013, 2014. He had like a little bit of a like, resurgence like an interest in seeing antonioni movies like where it's like okay we've seen all of godard let's see what else you know and it's like okay antonioni and then varda and these people kind of got their moment all their retrospectives yeah so i saw la note and i was like then that was my favorite but Uh i think it's la ventura i think that's yeah the one that makes me feel the most things I got to rewatch them, but I, I think that visually I am very captivated by Red Desert. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the, that, I love that color palette. Yeah, I love that, color in that, general. That, all of that color stuff reminds me of late 70s Cassavetes. Well, mm. just 70s Cassavetes. Uh, I can see that. Yeah. It's very thoughtful. Yeah. Fine-tuned. I mean, Cassavetes has this whole sort of thing, too, where there's like some pacing things that are maybe a little similar to Antonioni, but they are just so heavy. Mm-hmm. They're always so downtrodden. I mean, these movies make me sad too. Sure. They're not, it's like they're no not matter what your circumstances. No, they're not sweet. They're like, yeah, no matter how, what your world looks like. Cause a lot of these people, like they're doing fine, but it's like, there's a certain amount of like somber yeahness of like in between moments between like yeah but i feel like i feel like cassavetes is a little bit underneath that where you are like you're just, you've gone from being somber to being like you know real weighted down mm-hmm. like you are at the end of your rope yeah, like if you saw like a screenshot, which you will on our Instagram, of like La Ventura, it like it looks very like it can look very light. It's bright as oh, yeah. like the actual like 
the sunlight is like very present yeah for lots of it but even when they're on the boat like setting out on this like seemingly cute or like in a convertible driving to a boat uh-huh. it's like they're sad <laughs> yes they're unsatisfied dissatisfied they're dis which one is it they're, they're not they're dissatisfied stoked. they're dissatisfied or they are and it's unsatisfied. like oof. I don't know. The ennui, the fucking, uh, yeah, just like the, just because things look nice doesn't mean they are nice or that you're satisfied. Yeah, exactly. You know, sometimes I fucking dress up, put on a cute outfit, I look in the mirror and I'm like, (laughs) this is unsatisfactory. Yeah. (laughs) But I look great. Yeah. Yeah. Two things can be true at once. (laughs) Indeed. But he really, it does like, and you see uh, in this documentary, the documents and testimonials, which is on Criterion. uh, He does. So like, there's like an after party at Cannes that you see like footage from. And Monica Vitti is all light and bright and dancing around. And like Antonioni, maybe we get a smirk out of him. So I do feel like this was within him. Yeah. Which I find relatable. Uh-huh. I like I'm not a Monica Vitti. I'm not a like twirling. I mean, sometimes I am twirling on the dance floor, but not in like she feels like a light. Yeah. Person. And I know she like in the one of the interviews I saw, she was like joking about she was like, our life wasn't just like La Ventura, meaning like she's like, I'm funny. Like yeah. people say I'm funny and I am funny. And like me and Antonioni's life was like fun and funny also. Right. I mean, it was like work and pursuing like these grand creative goals. But it was also like fun. And I was like, no, Monica, I know. Like she's like she's the fun part in these movies. She's always like she does have jokes and like little like um I'm trying to think in in like all of them. I yeah. think I'm thinking of one in Laclise where she's like goofing like being a real goof, like uh-huh. wrestling and making faces and like kissing the dude through like a pane glass window, like being like a real cutie pie. And I'm like, no, and Monica, I know. But like then Antonio, uh, Antonioni will have you like crying. Yeah. And longing in the next moment. Yeah. Because that's what he does. Right. The collaboration. Uh. Yeah, they're really cool, like yin yang to me. Like, they feel, like, destined to make each other better. Yeah. And then, and like, I guess they, so, like, they did these movies, like, real quick. 60, 61, 62, and 64. And then he makes a deal with MGM, and that's when the blow-up thing happens. Okay. And that Zabriskie point. And The Passenger with Jack Nicholson, which was not a hit. The others were a hit. Yeah. Were hits. Even so like La Ventura was a an international success, but uh it was like 
Monica Vitti talks about how at Cannes, uh-huh. people were like laughing at the wrong moments. Like they'd never seen anything like this before. Uh-huh. And they were like laughing at the wrong moments. People booed. She said she like left like she was a mess, like mortified. Like, oh, I just fucked everything up for this man oh my who's God. my lover and my collaborator. That's interesting. Like, fuck. And then the next day they like woke up to like people saying this is the best film ever made. Yeah. And it like won all the prizes and shit. Like, and it was just like this bizarre thing where like the audience who is like, you know, fancy can people is like fuck this movie and then the next day everyone's like no this is the best movie ever made yeah were people like fuck this movie or they just in the movie are they just in in, the movie in the screening yeah she said it was like the air was heavy with like fuck this we don't get it very interesting and i wonder so like 1960 it's like what was everyone what were those people into yeah you know I don't really know. I mean, I know. I mean, Hollywood would have been like Mary Poppins and shit like that. Yeah, but that's not can. Like, what was like. I'm just saying in America, just frame of reference for. I don't know. Yeah, I wonder. Like, so Antonioni worked, he assisted for. uh, Or no, he co wrote a film with Rossellini. But is Rossellini like. He would be like, um, you know along the same working at the same time so i don't know that's not like a dude that's ahead of him but i wonder who like was it in the class directly ahead of him so like he worked for marcel carnet enrico fulcignoni i don't even know that man but that's like what he did before he made his first feature is he was like an assistant and a critic he started studying film but then he was drafted um in 1941 yeah they have i think he like i find him very sweet like he in the documentary they have footage of like his classmates who like stayed his friends talking about him as like he did like a bit of acting but they were like we always knew he was gonna be like the director but like he seems like a good guy i don't know it's so novel yeah for a director so i was just like very touched that like Arguably, my favorite director is also like a sweetie pie, like Hal Hartley, who I was thinking of Hal Hartley a bit with this because what you're saying about building a world that like you kind of revisit. I feel like that is Hal Hartley. I don't know how he felt about Antonioni or how much, you know, he followed his career, but it feels a little bit like that to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like we talked about this with like the Hal Hartley thing. It's like. You know, you're not just making studio films. You're making, like, you know, something that's more art, you know, Mm -hmm. to be, you know, just to put it generically. It's just like pieces of art, you know. It's not like something that's prescribed, you know. It's not something that is, like, supposed to, you know, exactly make money. It's something that is actually coming from a human being. Right, it's art house. You know. It's yeah, but also for how Hartley, like, it's like you know, um, it's not can, but it is. Um, I mean, I don't Sundance. know why. Yeah, I don't know why it couldn't have been 
can. Yeah, no, it could. But it just feel he feels very of that Sundance moment because yeah, like. I mean, he it's not like right when Sundance was becoming Sundance. Right. It's not Zack Snyder. Right. You know how much of how much of Zack Snyder is there in, you know, Wonder Woman's lasso? Yeah. Yeah. You know. It's no gray fruit. It is no gray fruit. <laughs> it is a lot of fucking multicolored pixels. Totally. Yeah. Just like whatever, not imbued with meaning at every point. Right. Did you read that article that uh, uh, Roland uh, Barth's article? I don't know if you how you say that man's name either. Um, <laughs> that Dear Antonioni article? I didn't article? read it. Okay. Well, it is so sweet. I didn't do and the like, homework. I'm sorry. You don't have to. Um, Thank God. I just thought it was like very poignant. I have some quotes. I'm like, what one makes the most sense to even read? But it's like the way he talks about Antonioni's art, I thought was so cool. It's like he talks about how he like shows, you know, like he does describe Antonioni as I'm seeing him from what I know as this sort of like fragile, vulnerable sort of person just in how he like presents these feelings, you know? He like just seems like a very sensitive person in like the true sense of the word, but like Antonioni yeah. also won't he doesn't really like talk about the meaning of his movies, which has become like so popular. I feel like, well, it's whatever it meant to you. But I think he like literally um is saying like they don't have a specific meaning. Yeah. Like he's just sort of like He's going with his instinctive choice mm -hmm. in these moments. And he's mm -hmm. sort of like, um, I saw someone describe it as like how his film is written directly on the camera. Mm -hmm. Like it really is like a visual storytelling, like in a true sense. Mm -hmm. But then it's like, I think he literally doesn't know what to say when people ask him, like, what does this mean? You know, which I right. find very cool. Yeah. I mean, that again, I mean, I'm just going to, just because we already brought it up, but it's like the speeches in Hal Hartley's films, they do seem to have a purpose and they do seem mm -hmm. to be leaning in a sort with the sort of, uh, they're, they're leaning in with a statement. He's a little bit more writing a manifesto where Antonio, it, right. it's almost more questions than answers. Yeah. And that's, that is intriguing. Yeah. 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 It's like you're not, I don't know. Like you're not like this is the story I'm telling and this is like how I hope you leave here thinking about these things. It's like I'm sure a million people could watch La Ventura and all get different, you know, get a different feeling from it. Some I of which would maybe be like boredom or something because they're. I feel like I have, I sort of hold myself back as an artist because I'm constantly trying to answer a question that I don't know that I'm asking. Mm. Um, okay. And so maybe he, maybe that's what he's doing, but he's maybe he's more confident about it than most people. Yeah. To just be presenting all of these 
questions to, you know. Yeah. I think it's very vulnerable, you know? Yeah. Because it's like, how do you sell a movie like this? Like, just go in and say... Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know how you would describe La Ventura. And I think they had a hard time with getting financing because they were like, oh, I remember Monica Vitti said, like, well, they have to find the girl, you know? Yeah. You can't just, like, have a girl missing. Right. When they're, like, these lovers are, like, her friend and her whatever. Dude. I like the idea. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I like that. Yeah. It's that's that's a very picnic at hanging rock kind of thing that she just Mm. kind of like vanishes into thin air yeah and they barely give us reasons to feel weird about her but they give just enough for us to feel like this was not a great couple but like right i mean we see a hot sexy scene in the beginning where monica vidi i love that reverse shot where it's like you're looking out the window at Monica Vitti, but then you're looking up through the window as yeah. Monica Vitti. Yeah. Like, fucking get out of here. It's so perfect. Yeah. Yeah, those are like, I'm going to jump off the That's... roof of this building right now. That's so good moments. Yeah, smash your glasses and fucking toss them yeah. across the room. Yeah, I keep, a, like, I keep a rubber mallet next to the couch. <laughs> <laughs> just smash it into my face every time I see something. It is so good. I can't stand it. He has so many, like, really his, you know, just the way he tells a story visually is just like, fuck out of here. I mean, he does a lot of similar things, but it's like, it's not like a trick. It's like always makes sense for the moment. And it's like his stamp, but it's because it's the right way to tell this thing for him. Yeah. Do you want to hear a Roland Barth quote from this article, Dear Antonioni? Dear Hot Dog Onioni. Yeah. Hot, hot Dog Oni. Hot Dog So he's like writing it to him, but he says, Your work at making subtle the meaning of what man says, recounts, sees, or feels, and this sub- subtlety of meaning, this conviction that meaning does not stop crudely with the thing being said, but always goes further. Fascinated by what lies beyond, this subtlety is, I believe, that of all artists whose object is not this or that technique, but that strange phenomenon, vibration. Yeah, vibration. I also want to write as well as Roland Barthes, but that's another problem of mine. (laughs) (laughs) That's a lot of people's problem. I know. It's like to be truly great at something. Do you even know it? I mean, I bet Antonioni knew. Like, yeah, he was a he bit knew. of a genius. I know what I'm good at. You know. Yeah. I have confidence in some things. Yeah, you should. I'm good at not sleeping. Oh God. Insomnia I took a nap City. yesterday. That never happens. Well, something in the air because I can't sleep. That's fucking wacky. It I like, sucks. well, I learned my lesson from sleeping because I woke up to all these missed calls and text messages and I was like, this is why you don't sleep during the day because uh-huh. shit's going to fucking fall off. I go mean, go awry. 
I should have. I mean, it was fine. I should have just been watching Antonioni movies while I couldn't sleep. Yeah. Well, which ones do you have left? The very early ones. Um. Well, I have Lake Clay, Lake Clay, Clay's. You're gonna love it. And I it's have good. Um, Zabriskie Point, which I. <clears throat> I'm curious about. I also have this um, Louis Bunuel movie that has oh, uh, Monica love. Monica VT in it. Which one is that? I don't think I've seen that. Uh, something about liberty. Oh. I can't. I love him. Yeah, I can't remember the name of it right now. I'm gonna look it up. Yeah. Um, it says with the participation of Monica VT, so I don't know. See, it's like, oh, The degree. Phantom of Liberty, a yeah. surrealist comedy. Yeah. He's such a freak. I love it. Yeah. I haven't seen enough of his work, but yeah. everything I've seen I like, and it's like, it's really uncomfy. He's like pretty uncomfy. Yeah. Yeah. I In a cool way, but it's like freaky. Freaky. I recently Vera Diana I really like, but it's like it makes you feel not great. Yeah, I mean I can get down with discomfort. Yeah, no, I love it. I mean I, I love like it to when... like go to the bad parts. Yeah. And really get yeah. in there. Yeah. I actually just had you know, just because, you know, uh, getting ready for this episode, we were watching all of the Antonioni. I wanted to like do it with another director, so I did it with Toby Hooper, and it just was kind of an accident. He directed Poltergeist and the oh, original. Oh, I was gonna say I don't know who that is, but he, yeah, very, very, very American. You know, he directed the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and so I've seen that. Yeah, shockingly, I. I, I wanted to watch Poltergeist, and so I watched Poltergeist, which is very much like a part of my life and very much like uh, ingrained oh. in me. And this time watching it and paying so much attention to it, like it is definitely Toby Hooper's like okay. definitely. Yeah, for sure. It's like his best movie, like the way that the family is like introduced in the very beginning of the movie. Um with the little girl sort of seeing something happening in the television and they all all of the entire family sort of like walks down the stairs it's almost like that very generic kind of like breakfast table scene that introduces the that very like generic platonic like uh nuclear family kind of thing Mm. except it's just it's like taken and it, it's put in a different context, and it's just much more brilliant. Mm. Yeah. I've seen Poltergeist when I was way too young. Yeah, me at too. At my aunt's house. Yeah. That's the only time. And then people would always say that go to the like Carol Ann to oh, me. Oh, yeah. Because my name's Caroline. They uh-huh. thought it was like the same. I'm like, that's not the same name. Yeah. But like people would always say that all creepy to me. Yeah. Like that was like a thing. Yeah. That movie was like ubiquitous, I feel. Yeah. But I saw it at my aunt's house and I remember being like, Ugh. Yeah. I do recommend rewatching it. It's got but lots. But I would be so fucking scared. Are you kidding me? I don't know if you would. It Like if you, it's like. That's what you say. It's so geometric. There's so, Mm. it's like so, 
it's like really really composed and the 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 screen the script is in, the script is amazing I mean, there's a lot of like controversy about whether or not Toby Hooper directed it or if Steven Spielberg did because Steven what? Spielberg produced it. And so oh. there's a lot of bullshit about like Toby Hooper didn't direct it, but it's not a Steven Spielberg movie. I mean, there are moments that look like Steven Spielberg was like, you know, B rolling, you know shit or had notes maybe yeah but like it's definitely not a steven spielberg movie it's just like the family is so good like the way they the the way they are presented as a family is just solid Mm. they're very relatable and i mean you know it was like it's one of the first movies i remember seeing I was like seven when I saw it. I feel like I was like seven uh, when I saw it. Yeah. Attention. If you have a child who is turning seven, sit them down and make them watch Poltergeist and see what happens 20 years from now. They'll be fine. The world will be a lot worse than Poltergeist in 20 years. (laughs) Well, maybe, I don't know. All that stuff always freaked me out to such a degree that, like, yeah, it was not fun. But that's, like, the only ones, the only scary movies I saw were when I was, like, too young to know that, like, I don't have to put myself through this. But I do, like, wish that there were certain movies that I could see because I know that they are doing things that I would find interesting. But, like, yeah. the residual effects are so extreme. Like what? Which I've talked so much on this podcast <laughs> Just that, like, I can't sleep, and I, like, have crazy dreams about it, and it's just, like, I'm shook. Yeah. I'm all shook up. I mean, is there any particular movie that you would like to watch, but you don't think you could? I mean, lots of them. Even, like, like, some of these new horror movies, like, A24's just has one coming out with that, like, Mia Goths in it. And I keep seeing, like, yeah, that's like oh, these the images right look now. cool. And, like, I'll click on it and I'll be like, oh, it's fucking scary as shit. Like, I can't do this. It's playing like, at the loft lots. right now. I want to go see it. But also, you know, I'm not in... I mean, based on the trailer, it looks like it's a um, shame on you for having sex. We're going to kill you movie. Classic. Yeah. Just that whole thing. Yeah. Um, but I, I do like, like his movies. I just wish I wasn't scared. Yeah. In general. Ty West is the uh, director of that film. And he did the, oh, I've in- heard this name. the Innkeepers and um, House of the Devil. I like okay. I like House of the Devil, but I like the Innkeepers more. Um, and I do want to see X. I, I will. Oh. I'll see it. Maybe I'll That's go see movie. it. Yeah. Mm. Ooh, what else is at the movie theater right now? Oh, I have no idea. I have gone I back to. Um, I've gone back to Mondo Mondays has returned at um, the oh, loft, fun. and they, you know, the theme is return. So I've seen Return of the Living Dead, and then last Monday mm-hmm. was Return of Swamp Thing. Tomorrow, okay. yeah, and then, you know, this upcoming one is going to be Return of Return to Horror High, and then they'll 
cap it with Return of the Killer Tomatoes. I loved okay. I loved Return of Swamp Thing. It has Heather Locklear and um I wanna marry Swamp Thing. Oh. Oh yeah, you told me that. Yeah. <laughs> He's so polite. He's such a gentleman. Oh, yeah, I want a gentleman. Yeah, but he's like, you know, he's like, he's a tough plant man. Yeah. Yeah, like that perfect in-between. Yeah, and Heather Locklear is great. Is she? I never I think love of her Heather as great. She's perfect. She's, she's perfect? Uh, she's a perfect, wow. she is, she's perfect for Swamp Thing. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know anything about Swamp Thing. I like some of the old. Well, like, let me tell you this. It's not. Stuff. It's not. You won't be seeing it at Sundance, and you won't be seeing it at Cannes. Ah. So. It's a Mondo Monday movie, you know. Mm. It's like. It's just a crappy ass movie, but it's so good, so yeah. shitty. Perf- perfectly shitty. And Heather Locklear is great for, you know, shit like that. And that's that. not scary. Is it scary? It's not scary, no. It's it's oh. a, it's a good-ass time is what it is. Okay, maybe I'll check that out. Yeah. I've only I I watched, mean, watched that Miss with, Maisel. like, you know, a couple of friends. Okay. They'll, they'll, you know, throw rotten fruit at it. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's fun. It's garbage. It's great. It's just a low-budget, 80s, hilarious bullshit time. It does not take itself seriously. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I'll check it. I keep meaning to go to the movies more. The last movie I saw in the theater was An American in Paris, which was fun. Oh, I've never seen that. You've never seen it? No, I've never seen it. Yeah. They played it for Valentine's Day, and I got done with a shoot, like, just in time to like meet my friend so we had like a valentine's date it was all couples in there yeah and it's like a fun oh my god gene, talk about the perfect man gene kelly i know such a babe such a babe and with that fucking cool scar on his face and like he's not he's not worried about be i don't know what the perception at the time would have been but i feel like he leans into his femininity in a way that's like very cool and hot yeah. And it seems like not what you were seeing at the time. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's 1951. That was, like, masculinity, I feel like, at its most, like, Ken doll. Yeah. Normal. Right. You know, Don Draper ass shit. Yeah. And he's, like, you know, he's dancing. But he's also, like, I don't know. He has a feminine quality that I'm like, that's fucking cool. Yeah. It feels very yeah, different I, yeah, from anybody I mean, else at the time. It's like when I watch, you know, Singing in the Rain. Mm-hmm. He's a babe. He's a genius. He's a babe. Babe of babes. Babe and of Leslie babes. Caron is like, ugh. That, like, long-ass montage of her, like, doing it all as a woman. And they have her, like, you know, doing, like you know really good dance moves kicking her leg up but she's like reading a book like doing it all it's like iconic it's great it's a great movie i'll Um, have to see that one i also i i own gigi which has leslie caron 
Yeah. But I haven't watched it yet. I have a lot of movies that I haven't watched, and I love that about me. Yeah. It's nice that you just have them, like, at your fingertips. I've, like... Yeah. I've been working so much, and I just come home and fucking watch Friends. It's pathetic. Uh, But Eh. this was so nice to do this, because it's, like, then I was just watching shit tons of Antonioni, including, like, tons of, like, interviews and two documentaries and, like all this shit and like i feel really inspired let's do a poll what's the poll let's see if people will participate like what oh. should we do a mini on next oh yeah like new wave meaning mm-hmm. like movies that are about like 80s new wave oh Yes. Which is one that I had thought about like earlier today and then just off the top of my head because I'm looking at a joint mm-hmm. like st- like stoner themed. Stoner movies? Yeah. Ooh, I like these themes. Okay. Yeah. And then everybody out there, whoever you are. DM us. Tell us. Or maybe we should at- do a, maybe we should do a poll in the stories. Oh, yeah. We could do that. Or Stoner shoot us a message themed. at uh, release underscore pod also. But we should totally do a poll. Stoner movies or... New Wave 80s New theme. Wave. We don't want people Dude. to get confused with like French New Wave, like right. Godard. Yeah. You know. We basically just did that. The better Godard. Just kidding. But... <laughs> just kidding, Godard. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> he loves himself enough for all of us. It's totally. fine. <laughs> but yeah, I've been watching Miss Maisel, which is fun. Oh yeah, Just see in that's case anyone yeah. wants I mean, to watch something fun, it is fun. I I'm I really love this season. I thought it was good. I haven't seen it, but I feel like that's probably, you know, the higher brow version of coming home and watching friends. Yeah, well, Friends is to go to sleep. Oh, yeah. Friends is when I'm in the bed. So I've been getting home late and, like, Uh I'll listen to a podcast and, like, you know, chill on my porch just to feel like I do more than just work. And then I go put myself to bed and watch Friends. Today, I worked on my computer and then I, like, uh, I got a new projector that's, like, way better. Uh-huh. So like I've been playing things in the background, but I literally have my back to them most of the time. And then I'll like pause for like, yeah. you know, 30 minutes and swivel my little chair around and be like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm watching something. Right. Oh, I like But it is scene. kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good like, it has a sexy payoff, uh, Miss Maisel. And there's some babes on it also. Oh, okay. Babe so. style. The guy that plays Lenny Bruce. Whew. <laughs> yeah so hot but then i like looked he doesn't have instagram also hot but uh i looked at some photos of him and he like wears like a silly little fedora and stuff like not hot stuff oh the actor which yeah which doesn't always matter but it's like like i don't always necessarily like care about style in like a true sense yeah but like it was just not I uh, I was not wet, but him on the show. <laughs> yeah. Good grief. Good gravy. It's crazy. Yeah. 
so yeah that's us this week I hope everyone enjoyed this. You should go watch all of the Antonioni, Monica Vini movies. Yeah. And, and like, don't start. Really? Just don't start with Blow Up. Don't start or with do Blow Up, but you've whatever. probably already seen it. It's it's probably like you. Like, I feel like that's the one yeah. everyone's seen. And it's like, it's good. But yeah, I think, I almost think maybe he makes sense, like, chronologically. But at the very least, like, just do the trilogy and then watch Red Desert, which a lot of people say that those four are kind of like a series. And I think that works. It's similar yeah. Yeah. themes. Yeah, Red Desert might just be a prologue. Mm-hmm. And you get to see all that color. Oh, I which, did oof. start I did start watching um I can't even remember the name of it. I didn't even finish it. It was from the nineties. Mm. And John Malkovich was in it. And I really only watched the first half hour, and then I just kind of was not interested. Oh. But I might, It maybe it is just aesthetically, you know, like the clothes and whatever. Maybe I just, it just. Oh, you didn't like it that was a little. It was a little too jarring. It's like the shift in the aesthetic, so. Do you like John Malkovich? I don't know. I, I haven't don't really seen, like him. I haven't seen I mean, enough. Care. He's like always kind of the same with that voice, yeah. and he's kind of like a caricature of himself. It feels like yeah. to me, but maybe I'm just a hater. Yeah, maybe. I mean, you know, yeah. Share shares like that. Oh, but I mean, <laughs> well, she's so really. nice to be around. I just don't know if John Malkovich is like <laughs> being like in his presence uh, of that persona isn't always like the most fun to me. Yeah. But Cher's just such a pleasure to be around. She is. Yeah. <laughs> she just apologized recently for like being off of social media. I think she's going through something. Oh. Like well, maybe depression. Yeah, I mean, who's not? I know, right? Well, you know what? Stars. They're just like us. Truly. <laughs> All right. All right. Oh, you're you don't want to go in there on Instagram. Yeah. And you're Caroline at womanhood. Oh, yeah. You're Paul. <laughs> I like don't even... It doesn't matter who I am. <laughs> and uh, we're release underscore pod. And we love you. And thank you for listening. Yeah. Smell you later. Bye. <laughs>